HR professionals, business owners, and operations at all levels are struggling to figure out what needs to change. Our system has been shocked, practices have been questioned, and conversations are finally happening. We all know there has been a huge shift in what people want. Inclusion and diversity are common phrases, but often misunderstood. Generations are coming together more than ever on what's important. Mental health has been brought to the forefront of everyone's mind. Let's humanize these conversations. Let's talk about what's important for employees to be successful in life and at their job, and how companies can create an environment to allow them to do both. Because successful people will make up a successful workforce. I'm Leanne Lovely. Let's get this conversation started. Wendy Turwelp founded Opportunity Knox of Wisconsin LLC, a boutique career development firm in 1998. She writes, speaks, consults, and coaches on a personal branding, networking, social media, career development, and employee attraction and retention. Winner of the 2022 BBB Torch Award of Ethics, Terwelp's work was also recognized in Inc.'s Top 10 Helps for Career, ATD's Best on Career Development, and she was named in the Top 15 Career Masterminds. Dubbed a LinkedIn guru by Washington's Post, her advice is quoted in the Wall Street Journal, Fast Company, Philadelphia Inquirer, the Chicago Tribune, the Business Journal, CTDO Magazine, ABC, NBC, Fox, and other media. Her books include Rock Your Network for Job Seeker, Rock Your Job Search, and A. TD's award-winning Jumpstart Your Career Search and Get Hired Fast. Terwelp served in community and professional leadership roles, including judging the 2023 BBB Spark Awards, chairing PD Charitable Fund Board's Premier Award event, officer on Wisconsin Association of Staffing Services, Board co-chairing the career development track for ATD's International Conference and Expo. Terwelp holds a diversity and equity and inclusion in the workplace certification, six career industry certifications, and a degree in mass communication and journalism. Wendy, I am so excited to have you. Um, This is actually a treat because you and I have spoken on a podcast before, actually in a previous uh, podcast life of mine. Um, so welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I, I'm glad to be back. It's exciting. Yes. So why don't you start out by uh, telling everybody a little bit about yourself? Well, my name is Wendy Terwelp, and I founded a company called Opportunity Knox of Wisconsin LLC. It's a boutique career development firm and I founded this in 1998 so it's year 25 for me I'm excited about that I write speak consult um, and coach on personal branding networking social media career development and lately employee attraction and retention Um, since the pandemic that's been a key factor of my business talks now is all about how do we attract the better fit employees how do we keep our employees that we have and so on so that's really where my emphasis has lied when i when i have been um, doing my career coaching and talks Um, when i work with individuals I typically work on career advancement 
strategies, personal branding, and also, of course, how to find jobs. So even though there's a huge demand for people, they still need to know how to get the right job for them right now. And when I work with companies, it's really all about um, employee attraction and retention through their employer brand. So yeah, awesome. And congratulations on year 25. That is amazing. That's um, so much fun. And I'm sure that the last couple of years has definitely thrown you for a loop, but you're absolutely correct. Um, now is the time to not only work with individuals on finding the right job for them in hopes that they will stay, um, but finding um, a way to retain the great employees that you have. And that is definitely the burden um, on employers uh, you know, today because we all know that... Um, employees are on the move, right? They are looking for the balance um, between work, life, the love um, of their job, and their opportunities to be had by all, aren't there? Absolutely. Yeah. I really think that's what you're going to see, but I know that question comes later. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So one of... One of the things that you and I had kind of, um, you know, thrown out there as a as an area to talk about, which is, you know, on the rise, it is, um, you know, being talked about everywhere you go, um, which is, you know, the AI tools, you know, the GP chats of the world, all of the other tools out there that are specific to that. You know, I've had people approach me and say, oh, have you used this one? It's specific to podcasting or have you used this one? But one of those things is, you know, a, a AI tool for um, writing or creating resumes. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I really love this topic because I actually had one of my clients, um, she messaged me through LinkedIn and she's like, I'm really concerned about your business because I have people that are using AI to create resumes. Well, first of all, that's not the sole part of my business. So, whoo. Right. Uh, But but secondly, um, I think what people really have to remember is AI can be used as a tool, just like your computer programs can be. Mm -hmm. Right. It's a tool. And I think that's the really big thing for people to remember that it's a tool. So what this tool can do for you is you could use it as a tool to research keywords for the appropriate position that you're targeting. You still have to put the human you into your career documents. So even if AI creates a resume for you, it's not you, right? It's just mm-hmm. some something generic. It's not going to have your qualified, quantified achievements that focus on bottom line results that are specific to you because it doesn't know those things. It can't pull those out of the internet ether because it doesn't have that information you have to have that information as a candidate you need to know these things you can't say significantly improved sales you're not going to get hired you need to say by how much and what percentage did you improve sales how did you improve sales Mm -hmm. what specific actions did you take to improve those sales and more importantly who are some of your key clients how much revenue did that bring in and over what time frame? So and not only that, but I also, you know, you, you get 
again, being, you know, coming from the recruiting world, you get all of these resumes and, and I like the uniqueness of, of, of a resume, somebody who pours their heart and soul and being like, and again, I'm not saying like, oh, make pretty, you know, put hearts and flowers and rainbows on it because that would just irritate me. I don't, I don't need that stuff. I want the, (laughs) I want the short and skinny of how you accomplished what I don't want a book. Please don't send me a book. I'm not interested in reading your life story. I want the short and skinny of how you did what you did at that job with the highlights because, again, most employers or people who are hiring, they give your resume a couple of, you know, 10 to 15 seconds to grab their attention and decide whether or not they're going to read further. If they read further... You then, you know, you, you're in your chances of, of being called for an interview increase dramatically, right? But if you're using an AI, I'm going to guess that this AI is pulling from, you know, historical data, data on what is the best format, what is the best verbiage, what is the, and you're going to end up with what everybody else has. Yes, exactly. It's generic. It's not you. And it doesn't separate you from the crowd. Your resume will look like everybody else's. If you're an accountant, that's a pretty straightforward job. But what's unique to you are the type of, you know, what did you save money-wise? Did you do a due diligence for an acquisition or merger? What was your impact to the organization if you did that? You know, what level of accountant are you? Are you a CFO or are you a staff accountant? Those are different responsibilities. Um, Even if you're a newbie, a new college grad, okay, some of those things are going to be general because you're new to the world of your new profession, but maybe you had an internship nobody else had. Maybe that makes you different. Maybe you have some amazing volunteer activity that you participated in that other people didn't. Maybe you did a study abroad program as a new grad that somebody else didn't. These are separators, right? So mm-hmm. you can use you could use AI maybe as a tool to research keywords, maybe to flesh out a format, but you still have to be take ownership of what you put out. And I feel, you know, you need to know what your achievements are. You need to know what your personal brand is, what sets you apart, because not all people are created equal. That's what makes us great and makes us, you know, hireable. And it makes us a culture fit for the organizations we target. So we have to get into those differentiators. So do you think this is probably a bad question, <laughs> but I'm going to ask it anyways, because I Lay can. on me. So do <laughs> it's you, your show. I mean, don't you think that that AI is slightly ruining a couple? And again, I, I know my audience is going to yell at me like, what? What do you mean ruining us? But I mean, it's great in some aspects. It gives, hey, I use it. Don't get me wrong. I love GP chat. I love to jump on there and be like, I need some ideas. And then from what it kicks out, I'm like, oh, that's a really great idea. And then I... I go off and I create it on my own, maybe using a couple keywords that I did not, that I didn't even know existed. But for the younger generation, the reason that I have gotten to where I am is because I've had to swim. I was thrown into the pool and, and hey, sink or swim. I swam. Don't you think that that's kind of ruining 
that learning, that necessary learning for some of that younger generation? Well, um, that's more of a culture shock situation. I mean, uh, when I was growing up, I didn't have a global pandemic. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> right? Right. When I graduated from college, we had the second um we had the second, um, uh, we had a stock market crash when I graduated from college. There weren't any jobs. Right. So I had to go out there and forge my own way, right? And I what still was able to get employed primarily through my network, mm -hmm. applied everywhere, but still had to do the groundwork of networking, that personal touch, the networking. In fact, I wrote the book called Rock Your Network for Job Seekers. So hello. <laughs> Right. And and I um, the network still has to be there and AI can't replace your network. Right. These are all tools. Social media is a tool, you know, so I think I think we have to look at these as tools. I mean, I had a typewriter. I had a computer. Those were tools. You know, when computers were out and everybody had a computer in their home, they said, oh, there's never going to be any paperwork. Hello. Here are my notes. Mm -hmm. Right. On paper. <laughs> right. you know we're still and, and killing we, trees we, we are still killing trees we still get junk mail right um so i think let's reframe that as it's another marker of change and how can we use this tool to help us because we aren't you know we aren't using horses for unless you're in new york and then you want to go on the horse ride but i think they're even slowing that down right mm -hmm. so um Evolution is going to happen regardless. So how can we use these tools to help us right. not berate any generation? Because every generation is different and we all learn and adapt. And I think right now we really got to focus on who is the candidate who is the most adaptable? Who is the candidate who is the most resilient? Who's the candidate who has really unique ideas that we want for our company? Who is the candidate who has proven results with actual numbers right that's how we're going to make a difference i think absolutely and you know as you're as you're talking and when you first started that i realized that i have become um old <laughs> because you know i'm doing what i'm sure my parents did when they're like oh isn't the computer you know, going to ruin our kids. They can get all of this info. They don't have to go to the library and read books. They are able to go on. Well, of course, when I first got my com my first computer, the internet didn't exist. It was, I can't remember what program it was, but it was like this amazing program where you could get all of this historical information. It wasn't even online. It was just this different, I don't remember what it was. It but was a CD. No, it was probably a floppy. It, it probably, <laughs> it probably was a floppy that you put in and it was like this global <laughs> thing. You could do like historical history research on it and it was amazing. That's right. But I'm sure that my parents, our parents, you know, thought, wow, this is going to ruin, you know, our kids aren't going to be looking or reading books anymore, which is 100% not true. I still love to sit down with an actual paper book, which is horrible because I'm killing trees when I can just, you know, pick up my Kindle, which I do have one of those as well and read it and save the paper. But I like to make notes in the margin, especially when I'm reading a, you know, like a actual book. The point being is that 
you're right. Every step we make, all of the, the progressive things that happen, they are tools. They are not to replace the, the human brain. And in order right. to continue to advance, we have to remember that these are are tools, but the human touch cannot be completely removed. That's what I I feel. Um, you know, there's there's a huge strike right now in Hollywood from both actors and writers, and I I do feel their pain because what they're talking about is not being replaced, but what they're really talking about is, hey, we put all this intellectual property out there. I don't want my image selling a product I don't believe in, mm -hmm. if you really think about it. Or I don't want my words now being used as a chat GPT training tool, right? which is what, what one comedian had happened. Um, you know, so... These are some things that that's where the fight is coming in is, hey, we don't want our intellectual property taken and not to be compensated for that material. Right. That's what's happening, too. So I understand that. And that's wildly interesting because how do you regulate that? How do you regulate an AI and how do you, the other thing too is, um, you know, I, somebody had said that, you know, chat GPT and some of the other AI tools are um, confidently inaccurate. Yes. I love that phrasing of confidently inaccurate. That's sweet. Um, uh, and it's not my phrase. I heard it from somebody else. I, you know, so I stole that from somebody else, but it's good because here's the scoop. So they're they're producing content and you think, well, this is this has got to be true. There was a great case about a lawyer who had ChatGPT um, write their brief for them and cite cases. Those cases did not exist. That was the whole problem. Correct. And now that you know that that's a whole big ongoing thing. Um, but Here's the scoop. So that's where you're coming in with the confidential, confidently inaccurate phrasing because it seems normal. Mm -hmm. And that's why you really have to be, do your due diligence and do your investigative work. Are these real cases? Are these real um, resources? Where are they getting that from? And that's going to come down to a few things. One, what prompt are you using to create the content mm -hmm. that you're receiving or create the information you're receiving? You have to have strong, accurate prompts to do it. Mm -hmm. Two, you have to edit. No matter what comes back at you, you have to do your own due diligence on that material. Use it as a framework. Don't use it as gospel. Right. And that's, you know, I've heard other people reference the, the lawyer situation, because if you think about, you know, an AI, it doesn't know where exactly it's pulling it from. It knows that it's pulling it from the web. But what people put out on the web is not always correct. We refer back to, for instance, Wikipedia. So Wikipedia is you know, an open source or a, a place where you can, you know, put out information that 
what I believe it has to be approved, but it it it's approved by the masses that believe that yes, what information you are putting out is is indeed accurate, but not a hundred percent accurate. So if we're pulling from a source that is inaccurate, mm-hmm. say a definition that may have one word that is incorrect, all of the sudden, instead of saying, you know, the don't or the do, all of the sudden things become completely wrong. And so yeah. if if you're, yeah, if you're not double checking those sources, you then are going to look like a complete ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a pretty accurate way of putting it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well... I- And and the, uh, yeah, and the other thing is, is um, you have to watch out for bias in the material that comes back to you as well. So that's another thing now that they're really finding um, in, uh, now that it's become really, you know, there's chat GPT-4 now, which is even more amazing than three and so Mm -hmm. on. Um, So what comes back though, you got to watch out for bias who is it hurting? Who is it harming? Where are the sources coming from? And I think that's where the human factor comes in. You've got to really do your research on what comes back. It might save you a lot of time. You know, if you're an employer and, and looking to write a job description for a potential opening you have, it could give you a nice framework, but you still own your company. You still work for your employer. You know the corporate culture that's there. You know the specific requirements that might be different for that role in your company than it might be for the general masses. And so you need to adapt what comes back. And you also need to watch those biases too. Right. I completely agree with that, with the the political unrest. And if you... <laughs> accidentally put in something there in there that has anything related to something that's going on in the political world um you could potentially be in a world for, a world of hurt that that is is definitely something that uh i didn't even consider um you know same thing with you know other hot top you know hot topics right now um in the mental health world in in the neurodiverse world in so many other things there are so many splits um it, well even in in you know all of the isms racism and ageism and all of those there's so many split things out there or right. misinformation that right. it, it would be so easy to um get information that is again confidently inaccurate yeah that, yeah that it would be easy for yeah so what you know what are and, and again you kind of address this as far as you know what candidates and employers need to be careful of um you know using ai tools for those things what are other things you know have you have you seen um have you had firsthand experience working with any employers or employees writing resumes or job descriptions well outside of somebody um concerned for my business which was <laughs> so nice um I really emphasize that personal and personality and achievement emphasis because that is unique to you. Mm-hmm. That can't be copied. That's you, right? And so, um, you know, for candidates, candidates still have to provide specific quantified achievements with a focus on results. 
AI can't do that because they don't know you personally. They don't know your history. They just pull it from the ethernet, essentially. You know, they just pull it out and create something and you can get some great keywords from them. You can get a framework, but you still have to contribute who you are and AI can't do it. For employers, um, maybe they can shorten the time for um, writing job descriptions, but you're unique to your company. Your company has its own culture. Some things aren't replicable and you have to, again, review what you get. Make sure there isn't the bias in there that could happen. And so use it to flesh out an outline. Just don't use it as is, I think. Right. Um, and some companies now are, are doing some, I thought it was ridiculous, but now I see why they're doing it. They're kind of doing it like a, whatever band that was that that had people search for the green M&Ms and remove green M&Ms from the M&M bowl. Well, they did that because they had pyrotechnics in their um, show. And if somebody didn't pay attention to their full rider, they could tell if there was a green M&M in their bowl that they didn't read the full rider and there could be some dangerous happenings with the pyrotechnic setup. Wait, 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 back up. I'm, no, wait, I'm, in, I'm interested in this one. Explain this again. Wait, so. So there's a rock band that, uh, actually a few of different ones, but there's one in particular that specifically said, um, they asked for M&Ms, you know, in the green room for them when they're setting up. And they said, but no green M&Ms. And if there was a green M&M in there, they knew that whoever read their contract and read the writers did not read the green M&M writer. And there could be a technical issue with their setup and their pyrotechnics that could cause harm to them and the audience. They knew it wasn't read properly. So then that meant that they had to go in there with their own people and make sure everything was okay. Interesting. So that was a signal. And I'm now seeing it in certain job descriptions. I read one and I thought it was ridiculous. I'm like, why is this guy talking about turtles? What is the deal with the turtle? And he went on and on about if you don't have turtle, when you reply to me in some way, either in your cover letter or your resume, I know you didn't read my job description. And it was way down on the bottom of the job description. And I thought it was ridiculous, but he was using it as an AI weeder. That is brilliant. Yeah. Right. I, 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 I've never thought about that because how many people just scan it and go, yep. I meet these qualifications or... and, and how many times, you know, I was a recruiter, you are a recruiter. Um, how many times have we gotten hundreds of, applicants who we know did not read the job description and were not qualified right so this was like one extra step and he used it as a, a tool to weed out ai resumes as well as unqualified applicants because they didn't read the full job description right that is um because well, it was it, way at the end right way at the end so you've you've got to read wow yeah. interesting i i like it i like it I, I completely like it. I know. First, I thought, man, that's ridiculous. Why are they doing that? And then I was like, aha, that's why they're doing it. I did a more research on it. And, and they had done it just like the rock stars that put in those riders. Right. Because they wanted to make sure the person was paying attention, that they actually did meet 
all of the qualifications and that they could follow directions and they weren't AI. Correct. Well, and especially, I mean, and it makes sense for obviously these, the rock star, if they've got, if they've got dangerous equipment in which they are, they just telling somebody we have dangerous equipment, you need to read all of the rules. It's unfortunate that some people won't do it. Right. They still will not do it. Yes. And we know that just from having, you know, our recruiter experience, right? So, uh, you know. Right. You know how many times I've signed up for a credit card and then they send me this stuff in the mail and I'm like, ugh, what? This is (laughs) how, what is the percentage of this? Or what is the, and, or I get dinged with a fee and I'm like, wait a second, why am I getting a fee? And then it's right, right there in the contract and you're like, oh. Wish I would have read that closer. (laughs) Right. I guess I didn't read that. Yeah. It, it, I, I've learned my lesson now, but you know, <laughs> you, you live and learn. You need yeah. to read everything with a fine tooth comb. And as somebody who's written and, you know, signed hundreds of contracts throughout my career, I, I don't sign anything I don't read now, um, you know, thoroughly. I'm not putting <laughs> my name on anything. Um, and that has saved me multiple times. But that, that right. is, um, that is a really, that is a really, I, I feel like maybe somebody had said something about the green M&Ms, but I don't know that I had actually truly understood what that was all about. <laughs> that, I know. It, it was like a big one of those urban myths, but it's actual. It's an actual fact. And just do a Google search on it. And you, right. Your listeners can find it and find the band that does it. And that's the reason they do it. Right. Put in something, you know, that seems wildly strange and... <laughs> Um, but there is a reason behind, you know, and most things are driven by a reason. Um, you know, right. I have a five-year-old that constantly questions me and why do I have to do this? And then I'm like, okay, well, here's the reason behind. Mom says. Why. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wish, I wish that would work these days. I have a wildly inquisitive, inquisitive five-year-old where she'll go, well, I don't understand why I have to do this. I'm not doing it. And I'll go, all right, fine. Let me explain. <laughs> The reason that you're not allowed to jump on and off the cart while mom is pushing the cart is the exact reason that mommy just ran over your foot and now you're crying. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah, that's a true story. Actually, that happened yesterday. Oh, no. <laughs> right, right. She's crying. You ran over my foot. And I'm like, well, I told you to stop playing in front of the cart and jumping on and off the cart. And so, yeah, I just ran over your foot. Ugh, children. So... You, you help, um, you help individuals, um, you know, get ready for, um, well, and not just get ready, you coach individuals on finding their next career path. And that includes helping review resumes and, you know, find what their passion is. Tell me a little bit more about that. Sure. Um, when I work with an individual, it's, it's, it's either a career move internally. So we're working on how we can communicate their value more effectively, um, uncovering and discovering their achievements, elevating their personal brand. Cause they have one. Everyone has one. Mm-hmm. Herman's always like, Oh, you've, you've got a label right there. You want to change that Herman. Right. So um, really harnessing the power of your differentiators, which again is going to elevate you um, not only internally, but if you want to 
apply anywhere else. It's going to help you. Um, and when I work with job seekers, I work on several things. Like you said, one is really uncovering your value, vision, passion, purpose. What is that? You know, how do you stand out from the crowd? What makes you unique? What do you really want to do? Not what you can do, because you can do a lot of different things. But what do you really want for that next move? Most of the people that I work with are mid-career and up. So they're in that, what do I want for my next move? And it better be really good. It better be a good culture fit. Pay better be decent. Um, you know, and it and should be something I want. We can do a lot of things, but what is it that you really want? And why why should I hire you? So we work on things like, you know, I do write people's resumes, but it's done with them highly collaboratively. I ask them questions. I get to the heart of those achievements. I have them do their due diligence and really find me results. What are the results? Because you can't, you know, and especially now when you have, are competing with people writing their resumes with AI, you have to be different and specifics are going to do that for you. And so that's where I come in. I'll help people write their LinkedIn profiles. I actually write them based on an in-depth interview. I, I have experience as a news reporter. And so that comes in really handy in my recruiting experience and having served on the board of directors for uh, Wisconsin Association of Staffing Services and, and being at a high level um, in some other different professional associations and organizations. That helps me have a really wide network of um, decision makers and I know what they want to see and I know what's going to attract them but I still want to capture that person's personality too because personality is going to pop and it's going to help attract so AI is a tool and you can use that but then you'll want to work with somebody like me who can really help you pull out those differentiators and and develop your story that's awesome. That's amazing. So <clears throat> if somebody wanted to reach out to you, how would they go about doing that? Well, super easy. My website is knox.com, K-N-O-C-K-S.com. I've been around a long time, <laughs> so I was able to get it. Um, and then you could just, uh, you could email me. You can easily follow me on LinkedIn at Wendy Terwelp, W-E-N-D-Y, and then Terwelp, T-E-R-W-E-L-P. And you can also Google that, and you're going to see me everywhere. Uh, so that'll help you. But Knox.com is the website. Awesome. Now we do have a question of the season. This is um, kind of a, well, it's a new question of the season as this is the, the first episode of season four. But um, what what do you think will go down in the his, history books from what the world has experienced over the last three years? Wow. I think there's been a huge culture shift. Huge. You know, um, I'm going to focus on the work side of that shift. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and the work side is very interesting. You're seeing, um, because the pandemic, um, so many people, first of all, there was like a 20-time evolution in tech, right? That, that those of us who could, could work from home. Here you and I are working from home with our cool paintings and stuff behind us, right? <laughs> so we we get to do that. Not everyone gets to do that, but we we are able to do that. Um, 
So that was a huge major shift that will go down in history. You're hearing about the great reshuffle, the great resignation and all of that. Um, that's because people are like, wow, I, there isn't loyalty anymore. First of all, there never was. <laughs> um, but now you, as it, it's back to the employee market, some of that has slowed a little bit and you're seeing some massive shifts in the tech industry. Um, but it's still there. And so people are really reevaluating their work. Mm -hmm. What do I want? What do I value? I want to make an impact. That's probably the number one thing that I keep hearing from my clients is I want to contribute. I want to make an impact and I want to have, uh, I want to work for a company whose ethics I believe in. That's really big. And there's an Edelman trust survey that came out just last year um, and the number one thing that people are looking for they want ceos of companies to take a stand societal leadership is critical now and it's critical to your company to attract talent and also retain talent so where do you stand right that's a shift mm -hmm. um, another shift that i'm seeing is um with with those who can work from home, people don't want to go back. They want to stay remote because right. they can. And companies are, there's still some tug of war from that. And people are saying, well, that's disintegrating the culture. Well, what can you do in your office culture to include remote workers more? Mm -hmm. We have tools like this. Here you and I, last time we, we got together was pre-pandemic and we got to meet in person. How cool. Right. You know, um, although we did do a post-pandemic meetup too, but, you know, here we are both able to do this on Zoom. How cool is that? Right. Right. You but, can. Well, and I think it, we both had to, to drive, wasn't it like a 40 minute drive for both of us to meet? Yes. Right. We did. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're- and now we, we're a distance away yeah. from each other. So we save time there. The other thing that um, remote is allowing is your global workforce. You can hire people. It, it's so exciting because you can have a global workforce now. Mm -hmm. You can also hire people that maybe because of your building constraints, mm -hmm. however your building was designed, you might not have been able to open some things up to folks. You know, I think you can ha have more neurodiverse people working for you than perhaps you had in the past. I mean, I think um, having these capabilities is really going to expand the opportunities for people of, of all kinds to work for you. Mm -hmm. So we really think about it as a tool to expand your workforce. I think it will. Um, the other shift, too, is... I would hope in the throes of the pandemic, people have a little more respect for essential workers. I mean, some of the things that I was seeing, come on, these folks are there showing up for you, restacking the groceries. These right. put, people are showing up for you and in some cases also getting severely ill in the hospitals caring for you. Mm-hmm. You know, right. um, people were not able to see elderly people. Mm -hmm. I hope that that changes too. And people 
have a little more empathy and compassion for others. I hope that that's a shift that we see more of. Absolutely. Not only essential workers, but, you know, for, and again, I'm, I'm not saying not only, that was a huge stress on hospital workers, on yes. emergency care workers, on mm-hmm. our military, um, you know, the people who stepped up, stepped up and, um, you know, had to come in and do, you know, the mass testings, um, the mass right. vaccines. Right. But, and then once we went back to being able to open up restaurants to have people in, in person, the individuals who have been busting their butts to be able to serve the people who want to go out to dinner. Right. Uh, go and and make sure you tip them. If you can afford yes. to go out to dinner, then you can afford to tip your server. Yes, I understand that things have prices have gone up, but they are out there busting their butts and they were busting their butts, you know, right after the pandemic and things started to they're out there trying to make a living too. tip and stop complaining that, oh, my God, it's taking so long to get our food. Everybody is stressed still. We're all trying to get the world back to where it was. And it's just not going to be back to where it was. This is right. the way it's going to be for a long time coming. And, and I totally agree. When I think about that question, what is going to go down in the history books? Um, obviously, it's going to be, you know, that we had a global pandemic but yes. I think that's almost going to be the footnote in what happened after. Because there are so many things that would have eventually happened, but I think that it would have taken 5, 10, 15 years for all of the other things that came after to eventually happen. The remote workforce, the mm-hmm. all of these different things. Um, we just saw all of this stuff happen so quickly. And it shocked our economy. It shocked our system. Um, and some of these things are beautiful and others not quite as beautiful. You know, I don't like going into the grocery store and seeing that my carton of eggs has gone up to 12 bucks and, you know, a carton. Um, <laughs> it's coming back down again. Right. Let's... No, but that was an avian flu thing. I right. <laughs> you know, I, I hate to see that, you know, things skyrocketing in price and all of this other stuff because of, you know, all these things that are off balance right now. But um, yes, the pandemic was horrific. And I think that it will put a light, it'll shine a light on a lot of the people who, who stepped up and helped the world continue to move. But I think that also it is the history books are going to talk about everything that you just mentioned. So awesome. That was a great answer. (laughs) Well, Wendy, this has been such an amazing conversation. Um, It is, it's always great to catch up and talk with you. Um, I look forward. um, I would love to have you come on. You have such a wealth of of knowledge. I'd love to have you, um, you know, come on again um, to, you know, tackle another topic at another time. Sure. Um, So I would welcome that, but thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, and I'd love to be back. Thanks again, Leanne. Thank you again for listening to Let's Talk HR. I appreciate your time and support. Without you, the audience, this would not be possible. So don't forget that if you enjoyed this episode, to follow us, like us, or share us. Have a wonderful day.